0: Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the mid-alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up.
1: If you listen on the Entale app, that's E-N-T-A-L-E, photos, links and videos of what we're talking about will pop up as you
0: listen. Have a look. Okay, so here's the conundrum. Um, ugh, we want to discover new, uh, interesting designers, but it's got to be easy, right? We've <laughs> yeah. got time.
1: I mean, we're interested in stuff that we can hold on to. But I mean, who has the money? We don't have that much money. So how does that work?
0: Yeah, investment shopping. What's that? We all feel so depressed about our wardrobes. I do right now because I want to look relevant. Uh, you know, I don't want to spend money on anything wildly temporary. So how does that work?
1: I mean, in fact, when did all this shopping start to feel like actual work?
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, this is why we are very happy and slightly relieved that this podcast is brought to you by Label Mix.
1: Yeah, Label Mix is an initiative from Next that spots young designers and collaborates with them to produce limited edition collections at slightly more accessible prices. So affordable investment shopping, in essence.
0: Yeah, who knew? But it's also a way to know what's happening on the British fashion scene without feeling terrified (laughs) Terrified. or incredibly shy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So listen, we both found solutions there when we've been feeling demoralised and just lost in the jungles of our own wardrobes. So why don't you have a look? Hello. Hi, everybody. How are you, Annabelle? Hmm. I'm absolutely fine, but um, sort of inadvisedly, I had some granola with extra seeds, small, small seeds on it for breakfast this morning. <laughs> Small seeds. And they, I mean, honestly, why is it that the moment you hit 40, suddenly everything starts getting stuck in your teeth? It's like the gift that keeps on going. There are seeds everywhere. There are practically seeds in my hair. I'm never without tweezers or interdental sticks these days. And it's compounded by the fact that while I was eating the granola with many, many seeds, I was also taking mm, 15 to 20 supplements. So I've, got, I've also, and that's sort of stuck behind my sternum. So I've got many sort of little puffs of toxic dust Joining the seeds, it's revolting. Um, I know we had a disgusting interdental session, the two of us, earlier before this this. (laughs) thorough excavations.
1: How are you, Em? Well, I'm afraid my take is a little darker. Literally, I'm absolutely fine, but the sun set at seven o'clock yesterday, and that is the last time the sun is going to set any later than seven until March. And I thought, oh, you know what? I'm really sad, and I know that sad. The reports say that sad doesn't exist. But this
0: is a different sad. I feel devastated by the idea that we're about to say goodbye to the light on the outside because we've had a lot of air and light over the last six months with everything else that's been going on. I completely, it's why I think I'm wearing, (laughs) I guess it's an act of pathetic rebellion. I'm wearing a beach dress today, (laughs) which I bought um, from some charlatan in Ibiza. And I remember I went in because it's from India and it should have been five quid and it really wasn't. And I went in I thought, oh, I really like that. But I will not pay that from this charlatan. And over the next three days, I got sadder and sadder that I didn't own it. And I went back and I paid the Charlotte anyway it does look fabulous you look fabulous
1: anyway things could be worse because we have a fabulous guest today Mm. in these strange times when we're all so unsure it is reassuring to talk to experts those who really know what the hell they are talking about so taking a break from weeping into our wardrobes we are here with the peerless Caroline Issa fashion super force, publisher of Tank Magazine, consultant for beautiful brand after beautiful brand, street style queen on every best dress list ever. Because if anyone can navigate us through these choppy wardrobe waters, it is this lady. How are you, Caroline?
2: Well, ladies, I am uh, absolutely fine. Or am I? I don't know these days. I think I go through waves and waves of utter giddiness to absolute terrifying kind of, you know, shakes of, oh my goodness, what's happening right now? But I think I'm fine. I think I'm absolutely fine. It's the Corona Coaster. (laughs) Corona Coaster. That's good. I haven't heard that, but absolutely. But
0: I've been stuck along the flat bit for a while, not knowing if I'm going to career downwards (laughs) or sort of shoot upwards. But um, it's a very, very wibbly time.
2: It is. And I think at the same time, you know, it's such a incredible moment for us to all take a little reset. And we're having a conversation during the last day of London Fashion Week. I don't know if we can talk about that a little bit, but it's been such an interesting and weird time to see how, you know, fashion, the thing that we every day get dressed in and normally sort of run around like crazy people to go see all these shows and presentations. And all of a sudden, I'm pretty much sat in front of my computer looking
0: at digital films launching every hour on the hour. So it's a weird time. It's interesting because last time we spoke, which was uh, exactly after London Fashion Week in, in February, I clearly remember you saying um, we were talking about fashion shows and the hierarchy and the funny them and us way that fashion people historically have sometimes behaved and you said yeah but that insidery fashion thing you said I think it's going to end uh, you said I think that tectonic change is just around the corner Caroline we had no wow idea. <laughs> how so uh... how do you feel that high fashion the high fashion world is responding to this situation
2: you know I think We haven't quite figured it out yet. I don't think anybody's quite figured it out, but but I think what's been fascinating is to see how high fashion brands and even customers are like. We're all sort of shifting in terms of what we want, how we want to hear about it, the kinds of things we want. Um, I'm about to, funnily enough, take my first flight in seven months and go check out milan fashion week and what's interesting is i got an invitation from a luxury italian brand who sent me pasta in the form of their
0: logos yes fendi i saw this i thought i thought two things i thought this is brilliant and I no know. one I will eat it
2: somebody asked me on my instagram is it gluten free i was like mm, i don't think the italians are quite there yet with that But but I thought how brilliant to be sort of thinking laterally that it's not all about fashion, but it's about fun and sort of taking real joy in. But it's also witty and cozy. Cozy and witty. The things that we want at home. You know, I think for spring, we're seeing a lot of a lot of, you know, new collections, designers that are really kind of narrowing down, distilling down to their pure essence and, and offering us you know, things that are going to work really hard for us. And I'm really grateful for this kind of reset moment. So it's it's an interesting, weird, bizarre time, but I'm I'm excited. I feel hugely optimistic. And I think that's a great thing because fashion has to be connected to reality in as much as we get designers and creatives who give us fantasy and beauty. And that's you know, absolutely what we need and we crave. But I think the reality bit of of what is this shirt or, you know, how much more cocktail dresses do I need? You know, all of that is is really being taken into account.
0: And I think, you know, more than ever, what we all need um, as consumers right now is, you know, we're all a bit isolated, a bit unsure, a bit worried, is ideas, ideas that we can apply Because certainly, you know, through these last few months, shopping has developed a whole new flavour. But also, you know, finding ourselves looking at our wardrobes, wanting to shop in our wardrobes, feeling incredibly bored by our wardrobes and thinking, so how how do I consume now? Have you found the way that you shop has changed? You know, I've always subscribed to the buy less but buy
2: better mantra. And I think that is coming into real focus even more now. And I think... The things that I am grateful in my closet are these like forever pieces, pieces that I've invested in that I will keep forever, that I will style them up, I will style them down, I'll put a t-shirt under, I'll throw a sweater over dress. You know, these are pieces that I think, I think we now have to really look at what we have in our closet and say, okay, what do I need to add to it? Because there's only a finite amount of room. And also I think, you know, the brands that are really speaking to me are those that are taking really considered approaches, Um, I think there's lots of interesting brands, especially here in London, who are looking at using dead stock, Uh, you know, things that exist already and reinterpreting them into really beautiful things. And that's really exciting. Those are the things that I think I'm becoming much more conscious about where and who made my clothes. And, um, And that's something that I'm hoping as we have been in like kind of six months of, of sitting at home thinking through, gosh, I need to take some things out of my closet because I've never actually worn them or I need to celebrate the things in my closet a little bit more.
0: And, and therefore, what is it that I really want to keep in my closet forever? I spent uh, all of April and May and a, a bit longer than that, actually, in the middle of nowhere in Wales. Um, and I had sort of... So I still can't get over it. I know, it's very <laughs> improbable. Sort of angry that Jewish girl surrounded by sheep. like she grew up in central London and she spent... But I, I thought I was, you know, at the end of March, I thought I was going for a week or two and there I was. And so as a result, I had with me three pairs of trousers, three t-shirts, three jumpers, you know, a couple of dresses. And, wow. and And yeah, it got a little bit dull, but in a way... The thing that struck me most is when I got back, I just thought, what a lot of shit I've got. I've got too much. And none of it is investment, really. Because I think there's, I think it's what's interesting is how to find the confidence to know that when you're making an investment piece, it's not just a folly.
2: Yes, absolutely. And these are the pieces I think that, you know, I think you need time, actually. And the way that I normally do it is I go into a shop and I try something on, but I don't buy immediately or I do lots of research. I look at them online. Who you know, maybe seen somebody else wearing it. I'm a kind of person that needs to marinate a little bit and that's when I know if I really kind of it stays in my mind that's when I need to buy it. So I'm not so much an impulse shopper to be honest and I, I like the more like marinating of an idea of a piece in your head. And I think you know, a lot of, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, impulse shopping, fantastic. But I do think that we are starting to think much harder about, you know, where we're spending our money, how we're spending our money, and who we're spending our money with. And I'm, and I think that, you know, just take a little bit of time. And I think as designers hopefully create less as well, and potentially the whole system changes so that things of value, like value is really embedded in pieces. I'm hoping that, you know even that cycle of being on the shelf longer means you have a little bit more time to think about it and then kind of buy it when it's right when you're ready
1: yeah, because be, it's always been slightly absurd to the sort of real, in real life to have the seasons as they are because you have coats in August and you're thinking this Absolutely. isn't going to work. And so the idea that exactly that things have got a longer life in the shop or online or whatever does make sense because then you get what you want when you need it and you know, it will last you for longer.
0: And also, do you remember that, how brutal fashion used to be in that? I remember, you know, this is sort of 15 years ago, a ballet shoe was you know the last word in practical you know footwear and yeah. then the next season the bad issue was an excruciating <laughs> embarrassment <laughs> how very dare you but that's you. so <laughs> over you know it's and, and out yeah <laughs> out. and out. I feel like that sort of judgment has slightly left the building
2: oh absolutely thank goodness for that there's no more in and outs really and you know, the thing that I felt when I was doing my lockdown over the last six months, and sorry, I have mentioned the big L word.
0: Yes, we but, were planning um, to ban the words lockdown, know, so iconic sorry. and effortless from today. Yes,
2: those three words, I think, can be out of our vocabulary. you ruined it. I totally have ruined it. But while I was at home, you know... Ladies, I dressed up every day. I did not succumb to sweatpants. And that's probably because I don't own any. Uh, (laughs) Shame on me, apparently. (laughs) But I, I, I really went into my closet and I took out the things that I haven't worn in a long time. Dresses. And I put jewelry on. I put red lipstick on. I used it as an opportunity, I think, to kind of celebrate what I had. Because I think... Okay, I wasn't putting on some of the amazing evening dresses, but I definitely used fashion in a way that made me feel great every day when I probably wouldn't have otherwise, or it just helped me. It was like a little like a little tool or in my arsenal of things that made me happy. And it made me fall in love with fashion again, actually. I'm grateful. It didn't make me say, oh my gosh, I only need... Two pairs of jeans. I can't. I can't be that woman. I can't be like one striped t-shirt, a white blouse, and a pair of jeans. That's it. No, I need color. I need dresses. I need skirts. I went for walks, you know, in Regent's Park, and I was dressed up, and I probably got a lot of stares from people who are like, "Why is this woman doing this?"
0: That woman is clearly having a nervous <laughs> breakdown. Yeah. <laughs>
2: She is
1: definitely <laughs> because I've been wearing
0: the same clothes for 4 days and I am absolutely fine.
1: <laughs> See, I had it the diff- a different way which is that I dressed up for for Zoom meetings etc. and then I took the, my clothes off and it did feel like a sort of absurd game of kind of I did put, exactly the same. You put your kind of your earrings and your tinted moisturizer and your, you know, and, and I, I made sure that I was wearing bottoms and, and sh- posh shoes as well, because I wanted yes, the whole good. effect. And then it was like, a, it was like mm. armor. It was like, okay, I'm going to present it to the meeting. One, and then um, I would literally take it off and put on, you know, the troll clothes that Annabelle, as Annabelle calls it.
0: <laughs> there's, um, there's, yes, the troll that lives under a bridge. <laughs> yeah. clothes. There's, a, there's a very famous <laughs> method actor or method acting teacher, I can't remember, who said, someone said, how do you get into character? He said, start with the shoes. okay. Hmm. Isn't that funny? It's
2: true. I dress up. I usually tend to dress up. But I have to admit, I think on the shoe front, I did not wear a pair of heels for a good five months. And I lived in sandals and Birkenstocks. So did
0: it hurt when you were back in heels?
2: No, it was like, hello, old friends. They oh. just <laughs> slipped back on quite nicely.
0: And I got quite excited. One of the other things that's interesting about you, because in case the listeners don't know, Caroline has been the publisher of Tank magazine, which is a very important, very cool fashion magazine for 18 years. Longer than mm. any of us care to remember. Um, and so you've worked on the especially business me. side of fashion. Especially yes, Especially you. Especially um, me, 18 years. Um, so you worked on the business side for all those years. And yeah. then you started gradually to collaborate and to design and I think that's interesting it's almost the hunter becoming the hunted you know suddenly you're putting something of your own out there and you know most recently for label mix and um and and was the idea of people judging your creativity a bit peculiar
2: Mm. it was in a sense I think you know swapping from sort of managing the business side of things to actually finding my own creative voice and being able to express that through clothes has been such a beautiful journey. Um, And the thing is, I have as an editor been able to witness so many incredible collections and designers and see their processes. And mine has really just been like, I want to create things that I want to wear that I can't find that I think I will keep forever. And I think the judgment bit, probably at the beginning was really scary until you learn actually you just can't give two cents to what other people think. You have got to stay in your lane, do what you do, do what you do well. And and surely somebody might find some sort of music in that. And so, you know, I think even nowadays as an editor myself, you know, I, I don't know show reviews and and criticism you know that is becoming quite an interesting minefield in itself because i think fashion especially let's say this london fashion week where incredible designers are creating videos for everybody to watch to sort of partake in what their vision for the next 6 months is going to be i love how incredibly kind of torn down sort of old establishment is and Tank and myself we've always tried to be very I would say anti-establishment and it's so wonderful to see that not becoming so niche but actually everybody getting a bit of
0: a taste of that and I'm really excited. I think it's a relief to see the clothes rather than the front row being covered. Yeah, yeah It's really really over that you can sit with us thing with yeah. the front row yeah
1: and I, I think that's the same with award ceremonies you know over the last few years where yes. the sort of the critique of the women's clothes on the red carpet is now Absolutely. it feels like we're not ganging up on people anymore and we're just Absolutely. saying you do
0: you that to me started yeah. to feel super super weird around the time of me too yeah you yes. like judging women yes. in this way it, it, it felt yeah. uncomfortable now it feels downright wrong and this Absolutely. year it's just all about the talent and the shows and the stuff that has kept us going yeah. I mean Shits Creek my goodness
2: yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's so funny, this London Fashion Week, two designers who are so incredibly different asked me to be either in a show, a live stream show, which I did, or in sort of their video and lookbook. One was Amelia Wickstead, who does these incredibly elegant, lovely uh, dresses mainly. And then another was this very young uh, London-based designer named Peria Farzaneh. And she's sort of streetwear, very cool, very edgy. And, you know, it was so great to see how both of them approached this. And they really just were doing it for themselves and for the women who love their clothes. And, you know, they had a very few fashion journalist appointments. And even with Perea, like her thing was in a farm 45 minutes outside of London. And there was 30 fashion press there. That's it. And it was live streamed. For everyone to watch and I loved that approach.
0: It's almost like fashion designers can become rock stars again and just play the oh, gigs and yeah. develop their identity and just and yes. sort of put it out there.
2: Yes and I think we're all becoming much more kind of in tune
0: and kind of crystallizing what we all stand for right? Yeah and in terms of in terms of uh, what you stand for it looks like from your collection for label mix there's flair, lots of colour and print Possibly some archive printers there. There's mm-hmm. um versatility. Stick it with a jumper. Stick it with a trainer. Do it with a heel. You know, it's and there's there's quite a lot of joy. Mm. What were you thinking when you were coming up with this capsule collection for Label Mix?
2: This is my second collection with them, and what I've loved is that they have embraced my love of print. So a lot of the dresses we have clashing prints, joyful colours. You know, uh, as you said, I love I love the word flare. It's such a great word. Um, you know, there's little details in these dresses that are all inspired by vintage dresses that I have in my kind of closet. But also uh, Gemma Metheringham, who's the creative director at Label Mix, and I went down outside of London about two hours to this place, print, Uh, Print One, which is this incredible archive print house. And we sifted through thousands and thousands of archive prints. Sometimes they're literally the size of a torn off page, Or a piece of old wallpaper to hand-painted things that, um, the owner actually collects. And we've taken those prints and we've manipulated them. Maybe put a little polka dot background. I've actually created bedding for the first time. I have two bed sets which are so much fun. So now I get to sleep with these amazing sheets (laughs) that have my little name on them. It's such a surreal moment.
0: I've got a theory that that really for most women, particularly when we've all been working from home, and not all of us have, you know you know, wonderful sheds for home offices or any space at all, or even any room on the kitchen table, that the bed has become even more than it was before the, the HQ. You know, always, we always even prior to this sort of nightmare, we'd sit in our beds, we'd look at our wardrobe and wonder what's going to happen in there today. We'd look towards the bathroom and we'd think, I wonder what I'm going to see when I walk in there today. Um. So you've created bed linen to sort of clothe, you know, our own headquarters. I think that's <laughs> amazing. It's
2: been such a wonderful experience to be able to sort of take creative vision into new categories and actually as you say, my bed is like my favorite place in my entire flat and I spent a lot of time I love working from it even though they say that's really bad for you but I've really enjoyed creating something for a space that I think is quite sacred and quite um, comforting and I think we needed a, we did we did a lot of
0: comforting. <laughs> over this time yeah I mean I sort of I sort of had this have a sort of loose theory based on nothing that if you pull your bed together you're slightly pulling your life together If you make your bed in the morning then you're setting yourself up for your next act of you know productivity really yeah Um, this is
1: making me so sad because I'm just thinking about the disaster I left on my bed like all over the place this morning Do you ever make your bed? Yeah, I try. How often do you make your bed? Like I don't know, definitely three days
0: a week. (laughs) And when you say make, do you mean pull together or do you mean tuck in? No, I mean toss.
1: Toss it together mm. like
2: a salad. I get yeah. it. I'm there with you. Sadly, <laughs> exactly, or like a, or, or like some
1: Fendi pasta. <laughs> That's how I do it.
2: But when you when you put your own bed linens, it definitely gives you incentive to make your bed more beautifully every morning. So yeah, I highly
0: suggest investing in fun bed linens. <laughs> but in terms of what you've done, the bed linen speaks to the dresses that speak to the blouses. that speak, yeah. you know, it's a it's a cohesive. You know, it's it's a collection. It is a collection, and. What I love about Label Mix is that
2: they do everything in limited numbers so that there's really no waste. They sell everything that they make. They have a great range of sizes, so it's incredibly inclusive. And also, they really are working with you know, a bunch of British independent brands who they show support to. And I just think that when all of that combined, you know, is making all these like small little forever pieces at great prices, it's um it's a real gem to have something like Label Mix, and especially under such a huge mothership such as Next. And right now there's a pop-up shop, and it's just really fun
0: to see the clothes, you know, at Next as part of the Label Mix pop-up. Yeah, because it does have that boutique feel, doesn't it? Because we all we all want to know about new designs. It's just how do you find out about them if you you know if you don't have time and if you don't know where to start. I think that can happen. It can happen sometimes with fashion that if we enter a particularly busy period of our lives, you kind of can lose the grammar of fashion. And so if you don't have a foothold, so if you don't have a wardrobe wardrobe that is ever evolving, but one that just has somehow halted, either because you've only just recently developed an interest in it or you had a baby or mm. you lost your job or mm. you were depressed mm. or you just, life took over, yeah. then it can be quite hard to get started again. Yeah, it's and like I music, think, isn't it? Yes, I remember that when, uh, years ago, I lost a huge, huge amount of weight and it completely, I, I suddenly had a wardrobe that, I, there was not, I could wear the shoes, I could wear absolutely nothing else that wow. I owned because i yeah. lost so much weight. And there was, a, there was a particular point, I remember exactly when it was, when suddenly... It had had got big, but suddenly I couldn't feasibly wear it. And there was one particular shop that saved me. And I bought everything there for about six months. And my entire wardrobe was from... It was because I just needed a a portal to a new situation. Yeah. And I think what's fun, but also daunting about
2: fashion, is that there's so many incredible visions. And I think what Label Mix does so well is they curate great designers that you guys or everybody may not have heard of that might be a little fashion insidery so for example like right now they have a duo marcus almeida who are are from portugal and they've really gone into using a lot of dead stock fantastic denim that's sustainable and they've got they have an amazing tuxedo that they've done with label mix that came from their last show they have done this beautiful dress. I mean, and Marcus Almeida deserves so so much kind of wider um, recognition. So it's great that a, a brand like Label Mix Undernext can sort of help support this brand, put the message out as well. Um, so I love I love the way that they're curating great uh, indie London and British designers for us. That that as you say, give us a bit of a discovery into something that we may not have actually heard of before
1: yeah and I think as well it's so nice it's, it gives you such confidence when you're wearing something that feels interesting and you know niche but that you can then say to someone which I always love say oh no you can go and get it it's ne- it's it's from the next stable Absolutely. you know it's label mix and people are like oh okay and you yeah. can say no you you can genuinely because actually I just want to kill anyone who goes oh I bought this in a you know a small boutique in Paris <laughs> on the left bank when I was discovered you know <laughs> just like That's oh exactly,
0: moments before I was discovered in the tobacco. (laughs)
1: Exactly, with my baguette yes yes exactly it was my grandmother's couture it's like oh god
0: (laughs) sorry yes because when you said someone wears it from the dream is that you can then just buy it on your phone because it will be affordable and incredibly (laughs) available and and label mix does that but it does it with a sort of you know it's, it's it's quite sort of educational
2: yeah yeah and i think that that is especially in british fashion where we celebrate sort of Incredible creativity, especially versus like the New York and Milan and Paris, you know, we've got such an incredible richness of great designers and the fact that Label Mix can kind of curate a handful each season um, and make these sort of pieces that are not always going to be around so that they feel special but like you say there's a little bit of that insidery like oh it's you know awake by label mix or <laughs> caroline isa for label mix whatever
0: yes, you're going desire <laughs> <laughs> gotta
2: put that plug in
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you wear when you're having a terrible hair body and life day what's your sort of go-to for you know oh hell what am I going to put on today? I don't know. That's definitely a dress.
2: I will always just grab a colorful dress. I think that dresses have, they're so easy. They're like, you pull them over or you zip them up or you butt them in. You don't have to think about, you know, what it is you're wearing. And dresses always make me feel great. And I think red lipstick.
0: mm dress and a red lipstick there was a yeah. moment at the beginning of the year when emily and i became terrified that that dresses were somehow sort of going Do you yes remember? It we did looked like there were oh. separates everywhere and, and 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 because dresses are are greatest ally in this but yeah it's one thing right and then you can worry about maybe you might put on some earrings or your lipstick but it is at least just one thing yeah, yeah we were
1: ter- we were panicking we were panicking that we gonna have to learn how to like tuck things properly and like <laughs> how do you get big jumpers into how small do you skirts t- how, do you t- how do those
0: influences t- tuck those enormous chunky jumpers into those tiny leather skirts
2: i i mean that is an art that i i too have not yet mastered nor
0: really understand how to do that yeah it's pretty impressive on the mysteries of the model, and I tell you what has slightly um gone out the window. That was quite useful. Was it was quite useful last winter. At the moment, that, that there's there's no sort of no way to wear it the way that we're working. Is the is the suit, the yeah. trouser suit.
2: I think it was uh, beginning of June, and I was venturing back into central London, and I wore a suit, a full three piece suit, and I felt like Superwoman. <laughs> <laughs> i haven 't worn it since to be honest i 've been wearing a little bit looser tailoring, but i i don 't know again, I really use this time to appreciate what fashion can do for us, and it really does change sometimes the way you sit, the way you stand, the way you walk and tailoring as such, you know, given we 're going to be mostly working from home for a foreseeable future or few of us will be in the office. You know, I think tailoring will suffer for sure, but oh goodness, I love some good tailoring.
0: I know, and you almost—I always want to say to myself. I was looking at a tuxedo I've got hanging in my cupboard, and I was thinking, when can I wear that? I was thinking, I do need to wear it at some point because I need to not give up. Mm.
2: Absolutely, and I have to say, the first time I went for a restaurant meal at the end of June, I was meeting. A friend and I literally dressed up to the nines. I think I wore, like, I wore, you know, uh, an old Miu Miu dress. I put crystal earrings on. I wore heels. And my friend was like, you know, we're literally meeting at a local restaurant. You did not have to get this dressed up. But I went for it. And I felt great. And people in the restaurant, again, were like, who is this woman? but you know what I reveled in it
0: and I loved it and I loved the feeling I did that I did exactly the same thing not so long ago Yay. and I remember saying to Emily the next morning and I like, honestly swept in like some sort of you know oh! Practically with a train, I think it the might diva. have had a train. Absolutely, and, um, and you and you know, and you know, you are overdressed when the Uber driver, the guy on the door of the restaurant, the lady at the coat check, the guy in reception, and the waiter all say, "Oh, you look lovely tonight." Nervously, <laughs> are you in the wrong place, madam? You know, shouldn't you be oh, on I love stage? It. But I, yeah. I understand, also, I find it much easier to really, really dress up, or really, really dress down. It's that yeah. weird, this is a phrase I hate, should be banned, smart casual thing. Mm, the effortless thing. Bit. The middle bit is super, super tough. What's your middle bit? My middle bit, I think, is
2: pretty kind of like J. Crew from the 1990s. It's like khakis, a little Breton top uh with sort of like a polka dot shirt underneath so a little bit of contrast again playing with mix of pattern and print but going really like American preppy and maybe that's my American University in the 1990s time um but I definitely kind of stick with a with a preppy look which is so funny because then I'll go you know uber glam or kind of like sharp tailoring for my dressed up look and then I don't I I I can't do kind of sweatpants, track pants, uh, I can't do it. It's just not in me. So so that's my like end spectrum,
0: I guess. It's interesting. American University in the nineties, you know, we were talking, we were saying that um when we were all very young women in the 90s, we thought the feminism was done. We thought that we kind of had it all. And, mm-hmm. and I know you modelled briefly in the 90s. My God, yeah. the mind boggles what you must have seen. Because I'm actually fine. someone was always pawing us or ignoring us. And it was, you know, it was much tougher for our, you know, for the women who forged ahead before us. But all that shit was still going on in the 90s. I mean, it was, it was a minefield in the fashion world, wasn't it?
2: It was, I spent a summer as a
0: teenager in
2: Milan, and I think that was the summer I truly understood the definition of becoming a feminist. (laughs) And, you know, it was an incredible experience, and I'm so glad that I had a really positive experience. And I got to sort of, you know, I walked in a Romeo Gili menswear show, and I was a, a uh, Calvin Klein showroom model. But it was also a time when, you know, I'm I'm of mixed heritage. I'm half Chinese, my father is Lebanese Iranian, so I come from three very different cultures and I look very different. And the question I always got, continue to get is where are you from? And I grew up in Canada, and when I spent that summer in Milan, you know, I definitely saw a side where I was either too Asian looking or not Asian enough. And it was really eye-opening as a teenager and thank goodness, you know, I had enough self-confidence and guts to sort of not really take that on the chin. And I'm grateful that today, you know, God, 25 years later, the way that we work with young models, you know, even the way that I try at responsibly at Tank with my magazines and the way that I see so many of my colleagues in the industry, it's just a different world where everyone is much more respected, you know, it's not about, you know, grabbing people to change them and and not having that respective space. There's still a lot of work to be done, I think, especially over the last six months where I've been wonderfully kind of part of the British Fashion Council's um, diversity sort of discussions and making sure that representation across all levels is being taken into account by big brands, big magazines, small magazines, etc. And, you know, I think myself and my business partner at Tank, you know, we are of minority, you know, and it's just been great to see that um, awareness these days is sort of, is not only awareness, but action is being taken. And On top of everything else that's been happening, you know, it's been it's been a very interesting journey to see how people are talking about it much more openly and trying to take
0: action. Because because around, for example, the Black Lives Matter movement, you need action, don't you? Otherwise, it can jump. it, It can almost risk becoming another trend where people go, we'll talk about it for a bit. And then what's the next big thing?
2: Absolutely. And I think everything that we talk about has to be connected to steps that are being taken and people have to be, you know, held to account and, and action is the only way that we move forward. So it's been great to see so much action, but it's not
0: about a one-off, but it has to be maintained and embedded throughout. As you've been saying that I've been mostly listening to you, but also feeling extremely jealous because I was thinking anyone can design a t-shirt or maybe like run up a dress, but. When you make bed linen, you're famous and you've really arrived. <laughs> I, I was listening to this very important conversation that I was imagining lying on my pillow, like, lying oh, on my pillow, God. opening one eye at this morning, 3.50, because that's, that's what time I woke up and I've been up ever since, Out. and seeing a pattern and thinking, yeah, it's fine. I did yeah, that. I did that. Yeah. I, that might be enough to get me back to sleep.
2: Honestly, I don't think I need <laughs> to do anything else, like, creatively. I've hit my zenith.
0: <laughs> Thank you for coming to talk Aww. to us right at your zenith. Huh? And um, we love everything you do. We do. And we would love you to come back. Yes, and please. And what was a crush is now basically a creepy obsession. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Same, right back at you, ladies. Aww. So thank you for having me. And it's been such a great conversation. And I hope to talk more.
0: Yeah. Well, thank me you too. so much. Lots of love, Lots everybody. Of love. Bye. Take care.
2: Bye.
1: Bye. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Middle. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. This podcast was brought to you by Label Mix. Smart clothes for smart women. And we'll just leave you with this thought. Repeat after me. I am no longer available for things that make me feel bad about myself.